Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and on this episode, we'll be talking to Paul Walker, co-founder of Walker Slater. Co-founder Paul Walker started on his own project along with partner Francis Slater back in 1989, designing and manufacturing clothing from a farmhouse close to Lagan in the Scottish Highlands. God, I hope I said that right. Moving shortly after take their first bricks and mortar shop in Edinburgh's historical old town. The story's gonna continue. His move down to London, the expansion of Walker Slater, the brand. So that interview with Paul coming shortly, stay tuned. But first, let me tell you, Christ, I nearly fell off my chair. First, first, the household chores. Let me tell you about our website, menswearstyle.co.uk. Click the member area button on the top right of the homepage and you'll be taken to our discounts and loyalty section. This is where you'll see exclusive discounts and privileges from hundreds of your favorite high street brands within fashion, lifestyle, beauty and more. We currently have 20% off at New Balance, 15% off at Halls & Curtis, 10% off at TM Lewin, 50% off at Cornerstone, and we've just added more. 15% off Aposta, 20% off at Pursue Fitness, 35% off at MyProtein. It's all going on there. You can use these discounts both online and in store, helping you to save over £2,000 per year. Menswearstyle.co.uk. So go have a look. Top right, member area button. Click, you'll be away. Lastly, if you're on the social, type in Menswear Style into your smartphone there and we'll come up almost everywhere. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or become a guest and talk about your brand, your journey, everything that's happened to you in, in the last 20 or 30 years, then email us at info at menswearstyle.co.uk. Here is that interview with Paul Walker, co-founder of Walker Slater. Okay, it's my great pleasure to introduce Paul Walker, co-founder of walkerslater.com. Walker Slater Retail. How are you doing today, Paul? Hey, I'm, I'm fine for a Monday morning. Thanks, Pete. Paul, maybe you can give us an introduction to who you are and how Walker Slater became to be. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I've been living in Scotland since uh, 84, so I'm kind of a naturalised Scot now. My children certainly all have uh, Scottish accents. The the inspiration came through the mountains where I was uh, I was in studying up in Dundee and st- uh, did a little trip over to Maribel one year and uh, there I met a good friend of mine Sean who was busy going around the bars selling shirts and I thought hey that's a really cool idea you can actually uh, be creative and do something on clothing and, and make it into a, a revenue generating business and uh yeah, that that was very interesting because they then went on to become white stuff. And oh. in the bar thought it was also a good idea, Julian and Tim, who then founded Fatface. So out of that bar in 87 there came these three clothing companies. Wow, that's incredible. Very different in their own way, you know? Yeah. Uh, obviously, they were London boys. I mean, Sean and George, you know, white stuff were very London orientated and Tim and Julian down in Hampshire, and then Francis and I moved up to Scotland. So uh, it took us maybe a bit longer to get where we were going to go to, but uh, we and got there in the end. I've got to know, do you guys ever get together in the same bar and, and talk about days Yeah, I your... like to. They're all over the world. I, I, yeah, I do see the guys. Uh, I don't see so much of, uh, you know, Tim and Julian, but certainly uh, the boys from the White Stuff still. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very romantic story. I love that. And so, so anyway, yeah, we, so we were... 
we we moved up to the highlands and uh you know we had this idea that we'd sort of be into the snow snow industries but you know the snow never really came and and actually you know our pals had a, a business called acid snow they made snowboards so we shared a barn with them and uh you know after a bit it became it became pretty obvious that you know there was a there was the curve was going the wrong way for us so I think being just living up in the Highlands was amazing, you know, right being up near King Yusi and Inverness and just that countryside is rugged and the people are pretty rugged too, but they, 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 yeah, they, they looked after us. They took to us in the sense that, you know, they were, they were kinder than they, they might've been. And I think that for us, the, the direction changed when we started to be asked to make uh, breaks, you know, shooting breaks, mm. things like that for like rugged sort of crawling around the hillsides and stuff. So got into tweed and just really kind of became very interested in it and, you know, different weights of it, different patterns, different structures. And you could just do so much with it. You know, you could do everything from a, a heavy coat to, as we developed, and I think we became the pioneers of uh, the lightweight, you know, three-piece tweed suit. Mm. And by that time, we'd opened stores in Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh was a, a natural move, you know, from being a wholesale brand. So we used to basically make clothing and then take it out to New York or Paris or other glamorous-sounding places and try and sell it right. to retailers, you know, and they would stock it and... You know, sometimes it went well and other times maybe not quite as well as you wanted it to be. Uh, ended up building up stock and thinking, God, what are we going to do with all this stock? It was before the days of the web. So bricks and mortar sort of kicked in. Around about 97, I believe it was when you guys thought Tweed is going to be the way to go um, and you introduced Tweed to your line. And it was Harris Tweed in particular, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was actually before that, probably, Pete. I mean, you know, we, as I say, we worked with, you know, we started in 89. And I think by about 93, we were certainly working with Tweed. Right. By 97, we developed a strong relationship with Harris Tweed because, you know, they're, they're an iconic, uh, you know, it's something that is well known in Scotland. And it was, it was something that we could get hold of. I mean, down in the borders also, we were working with a number of Tweed mills there. I mean, in those days, you had Gardeners of Selkirk, you had Dixons, all these names that have since gone, you know. But uh, at the time, it was a, it was a myriad, a rich tapestry of places to go to, and just you know, it was very glamorous for me. You know, people like Joseph Abood and Ralph Lauren, and wow. you know, the Americans had caught onto it actually far more so than we, you know, the British designers had. In terms of incorporating it into their collections or doing things with the fabric. Yeah, I think so. I think there was this this sort of uh, almost being more British than the British. I think Ralph Lauren <laughs> probably suffered from that, actually, as time's gone on, you know, whereas Tommy Hilfiger's probably done rather well at being American, you know. But at that stage, the aspiration was the, very much the British look. And how has, like, the landscape of Tweed... I'm sorry to press you on Tweed. I'm just deeply fascinated by Tweed because it's, it's one, one of, like, the oldest fabrics. I believe it has, like, one of the oldest patents, um, registered patents in the UK. Um, so you can't just go out and make Tweed willy-nilly. There has to be something that gives it the official rubber stamp and says, this is, this is Harris Tweed. How has, since you started up and since you became really interested in Tweed, 
cut smash to say 30 years later and it's maybe just more uh, i wouldn't say accessible but perhaps a lot more easier to manipulate and produce like city tweed for example and kind of like the the tweed the faux tweeds like the the rayon tweeds etc how have you seen it like from your standpoint change over the years uh I think that, first of all, we've got to define that there's a difference between a Harris tweed and tweed. So, you know, tweed is generally a woolen spun yarn. So it's not twisted when it's spun. It's not worsted, which is what the Yorkshire sort of old suiting mills would produce, you know, a much stronger twisted yarn. So tweed is woolen spun. It's a straight yarn. And Harris tweed, yeah, it has an act of parliament that protects it. But that's something to do with the island and to do with the Outer Hebrides. The Borders tweeds and the Yorkshire tweeds and the you know, and the Italians made tweeds, so do the Portuguese. And, you know, it, it is something that's, that's made all over the world. I think that when people start using man-made fibres into it, it totally isn't tweed because yeah. obviously they're trying to get the tweed look. But uh, the, it's about, it's everything that tweed isn't. You know, it's not sustainable. Tweed is, you know, and it's, it's, it's not got that depth of color and that softness and just the things that really can make tweed brilliant you know? yeah and and do you kind of in a way feel like when you do see all of the the cheaper ends of the people that are imitating tweed did you feel i don't know do you feel like it somehow it saturates what you're trying to do or kind of dilute the good you know what? i don't actually see it even i i think mm. that it, it's such a different thing you know i mean it, it is a it's so spottable from such a long way away that you can you know it, it's i feel that it doesn't really impact on the the genuine article that, that we produce yeah and so when you decided to to launch the e-commerce site um what was the process there because i'm curious i've i've ran an independent fashion store myself like five years ago now and the whole process of getting stock onto a website and then making <laughs> making the online shop viewable and getting people to the online shop as well i mean it's a monolithic task how did you find that whole process uh well, probably about the same as you did then i mean yeah it, it was it was a 10-year process and when did it start when did you physically go oh i can see other people doing this like you know, we need to be part yeah, of this game. This website probably was in something like 95, 90, you know, oh, in, know. and it was a, I mean, to my mind, it was a beautiful website. It had lovely pictures on it. <laughs> it had all these things, you know, and it was just like, it didn't, didn't sell anything, but it enhanced to me, it enhanced the way that we looked, you know, to anybody that was interested enough to look, you know. Yeah. Uh, we then went through various versions and, you know, they were all fairly painful and not not overly not overly rewarding. But uh, by the end of it, I think a friend of mine uh, who'd been tight within the early days, you know, he he helped us and moved us onto a magenta basis, which I think was very very interesting. Uh, and once we got our heads around that, and then we moved on to some more professional sort of people to help manage it, and yeah, we got there. But it, it's. The presentation is everything for me. It's like, you know, the pictures have to look right and yeah. the colours have to look right, the descriptions. You know, we have we have a really good web team as well. They're very they're very curious and they're dedicated and they're just yeah. They don't they don't miss too much. 
Yeah, no, and that's true. I have found when building our website, it's something that you need to think, well, we can't just put products on mannequins and then Photoshop out the mannequin. It needs to have something of a personality and it needs to have, it needs to be contextualized. I think people can see themselves or just spend a lot of time on the web store, almost fall down rabbit holes. That's the whole idea that we that we had. And I think you've managed to achieve that with your website very well. It's, it's, it's really nice to navigate around and it's also like a, homage or a brochure to to a lot of scotland as well because there's some really nice imagery up there. yeah i'd like to see a lot more i mean we've got ambitions to do more you know we have some really uh sort of talented and, and you know good writers who are interested in doing stuff and again photographers too so i think watch this space i'm hoping it's going to develop you know as well as it has over the last few years over the next few years maybe you can tell us about some of the projects that you've got on the go so i know that we've uh well Sorry, dialing back. We've got some stores in mm. London that people can visit. There's uh, there's Fulham Road, there's Covent Garden. Is there any more plans to expand the retail space here? Yeah, very much. I mean, I think what's what's worked particularly well for us is the the splitting of men's and ladies, funnily enough. Mm. You know, like vive la difference, you know. Mm-hmm. The fact is that you know, a lot of guys like shopping in a guy's shop and a lot of ladies like shopping in a lady's shop. That's right. Uh it's worked very well for us in Edinburgh, so we're going to duplicate that idea into London. And that's more space. That's more bricks and mortar. Or yeah, it's it's significantly. It's, it's really topical as well, actually, because we're hoping to open this Friday. Wow, that is incredible! Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. We have a we have a brand new five hundred square meter store, which for us is it's the biggest store we've ever done. It's even bigger than the Glasgow store. Incredible. Which is opening nineteen doors down from our current store. So Great Queen Street. Great Queen. Wow, fantastic. So lots of walk between Holborn and Covent Garden tubes. You know, it's uh it's a really interesting store because it was a old sort of I don't, I think think back in the day it was a Masonic something or other. But basically they redeveloped the block and they opened up the stores and they've combined you know, they've made this space that's new in London. So nobody's been in it before. Okay. Um, it's a two story. Uh we're gonna open the first floor first and then the downstairs which will have all the specials and the made to measure that's going to come in the spring when the, when the weather's a bit better as no one's been in there before i'm assuming you had to go in and do all the shop fit and you had to oh, you know. i don't know if i'd do it again to be honest Peter. Yeah. It, was, it was a big undertaking i mean when we arrived there wasn't even a toilet in the building <laughs> Jesus Christ. you know you have to put the plumbing in you have the electrics in you have to put the ceiling in the air conditioning in you know all the wiring and the flooring and everything else so yeah big ask actually but we had a we had a very good team of guys that got on with it and you know thankfully touch wood i'm hoping that we'll be ready to open the doors on friday and remind us again please where where we'll find that the official address is 19 great queen street fantastic well, yeah. I can't wait next time I'm in the area. Alex is the manager here, though. He'd be delighted to see you. Wonderful. And um, Can I ask, what, is it a conscious decision to keep the stores quite close together? Because you've already got one in Covent Garden. Was there a plan to kind of stretch out and do it a bit further? Yeah, I think the fact is we see them almost as one store, but they're in two buildings. Okay. Nice. You know, it, it, it's the teams. The teams are very, you know, the teams work together. Uh, obviously, they can signpost the stores to each other, you know, so the men's is there, the ladies is there. Yep. It's, it's worked very well in Victoria Street in Edinburgh. Excellent. And I think that, you know, London is obviously it's our capital city. So to have 
something that replicates what we have in Edinburgh makes sense. You know, we don't want to become a chain of stores, but we'd like to have a good footprint where we are. And where do you spend most of your time, Paul? Are you kind of between... Yeah, yeah I live in Edinburgh. The work, you travel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So last week I was in Milan, and at the beginning of the year we were in Florence for the Pitti exhibition, yes. where we, you know, where we show twice a year. And we manufacture in Portugal, Italy, Mauritius, uh-huh. uh, and Turkey. So, you know, it's quite a bit of... That keeps you pretty busy. Great. And oh, maybe just a word on the partnerships as well, so people can find all about <laughs> yeah. the partnerships. That, so yeah. you're, you're involved with the Ryder Cup, um, with the Scottish national team, the rugby team. Um... Up to the weekend, yeah, that was a bit hard, but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a tough game for both both sides. But I mean, yeah, it's I I think it's been very good to the experience of you know having the experience and it's been a privilege actually to work with these organizations they they really make you up your game as well you know so uh we've got a very good partnership side headed by claire she's you know she looks after those and it's yeah it's very very important to the business and will continue to be so you know the Ryder cup's particularly interesting because the next the next one in europe obviously there's one in america this year but two years after that, the next one comes to and comes to Rome. So we're to Rome. Wow. Yeah, to Rome. Yeah, it's a European Cup, and it'll be it'll be played in Rome. So we're looking to partner with an Italian mill, and uh, we've got some ideas there, and produce a collection particularly for that, which will be really interesting because you know the Italians are they're always a hard nut to crack, you know, because everything in Italy is so beautiful. Yeah. So uh, do you know? I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know Rome had any golf courses. Well, I think it does. Yeah, I think you'll find it does. <laughs> well, I mean, I do love the. I went up to Rome a year or two ago with the missus, and uh, we got talking about how beautiful it is to just walk around the city. It's one of the most walkable cities I think you'll ever find in Europe, which is convenient for them because they can't dig underground. I think they've got like one tube line or one tube stop, but each time they keep on digging, they keep finding bones or ruins and they're like, oh Christ, let's put it on hold. Another year just digging up fossils. Yeah, no, it's very difficult. And it's just like history on history, isn't it? It is. So uh, are there any other partnerships coming down the line that you can talk about is there anyone else picking up the phone to you and saying can we can we work together we've got to be really we don't want to have you know the partnerships that we have are very well uh selected and yeah there's a couple that we're working on and you know keep posted as they develop but it's i think the the important ones for us at the moment are to make sure that we we're doing right with the ones that we have yeah and it's also it's not tweed that you're doing so you're, um, you've recently released a, a denim line as well. So there's there's other things that are going on underneath the Walker Slater umbrella. Is there anything that you're really well, putting... We've always been like that. I think yeah. we're quite curious. You know, we've always made uh, jeans or, or shirts or, you know, back in... We've, we've straddled those industries, you know, the sort of even back in the day before super dry was super dry. You know, we used to work a little bit with cult clothing and people like that. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like, I think we've always seen the industry as one industry and just different segments within it. You know? Yeah. And also just going through the website, I don't know why in my mind, perhaps when I think of proper tweed, like Harris tweed, uh, I, I think of maybe 
loftier price points but there's some really accessible price points with a lot of the suiting and a lot of the jackets on there so you know like the waistcoats for 95 pounds i mean it, they all look fantastic and i think people will have a lot of fun just going through the website and seeing some of the pairings that you've done there with the different color ties and yeah no i'm really impressed i can't I mean, wait to come down I, to the store i think it's important i think it's got to have value mm. you know i don't want to be i think we've got to be careful but you know we keep it very real for people you know it's it's hard earned and and the products they hold the value and, and people respect that i think when they when they own them you know and do your designs fluctuate much or have you always kind of kept to a similar cut or a similar silhouette yeah no they progress they mm -hmm. definitely progress and they move forward you know there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of new ideas coming through for spring 21 which will be shown in june in pity mm -hmm. and i think actually doing doing the wholesale and the pity you know this again is is it's very interesting because it makes you become a, a lot more seasonal than you might otherwise be right and and which designers do you look to or do you kind of take any nods from any other designers either that you've seen in pity or you just see on on the catwalk in general uh, not really it, it's not it tends to be more media driven you know, films and and pictures and you have feelings from things you, you have your own personal design you know favorites you know? Mm -hmm. and and you like them for different reasons probably you know what films are you uh are you watching at the minute what what films are on the mood board for you <laughs> oh that'd be telling me all <laughs> right <laughs> yeah there's a, i mean there's a few little series i'm mean, not a big film watcher but you know there are there's some topical ones that that you look at and go, oh, you know, that, that's definitely of interest. Okay. Well, listen, I'll be very intrigued to see some of the releases and see if we can join the dots with those. So, right. Thank you. I'll see if you can spot some. But, but yeah, well, I'll be very keen to look at them. Walkerslater.com is uh, the website where people can just uh, fall down the rabbit holes and have a look at all the wonderful clothing that you've got on there. And also Fulham Road, Covent Garden, not to mention the places in Scotland, but all the stores will be listed on the website. Paul, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your brand. It's been a real pleasure. Lovely. Well, thank you, Pete. Many thanks, Paul. Really enjoyed that one. Learning about Tweed, eh? I mean, Jesus, Tweed has just got such a beautiful history. I, I, I want everything to be cloaked in Tweed. I want my chair that I'm sitting in. I want the cat that's just walked in the room. I want you to be wearing Tweed from now on, cat. I digress massively. So, again, thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening. Wow, you made it this far. That deserves a little medal and you know you're sharing and you're telling a friend we love that about you and until next time remember it's only fashion people and you're never fully dressed without a smile <laughs>